I was doing everything from raking bunkers to washing carts to picking the range and doing what kids I was smoking cigs. I thought this is the greatest job of my life. I'm making five twenty-five an hour, ripping cigs all day long. Can it get better than this? Uh, eight hundred rounds doesn't seem like a lot, which it isn't, but the expectations they have. So what I kind of equate it to and what I try to instill in our guys, most clubs, the biggest event of the year is member guest. So what we try to do for every round, we have 800 member guests a uh-huh. year is kind of the way we look at it. Were you hired as an assistant? No, I continued to be just an intern for about a year until something opened up. And then what opened up? Um, the foreman's position on course number six. How long did you do that? About two months. And then the assistant's position became open at course number six. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. You're listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture, an innovative company that is dedicated to your success by pioneering new technologies to provide solutions for your challenges. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is a partner you can grow with and provides the latest products from all of the leading manufacturers. Simplot Turf and Horticulture bringing Earth's resources to life. Now, here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, and welcome into Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association. Easy for me to say, I'm Alan Knight, joined by Tim Krieger. Howdy, Tim. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode season two, 3.1. Episode Brian Steeler, our current president. Thomas the Train Man. Yeah, that's my one question I've regretted asking. He had to be, he had to push Thomas to train on his kids growing up for his daughter. You think so, though, with the daughter? Yeah. They have female trains on there. Did you watch much, Thomas? We read more of the books, I think, than watched it. We lived I it. definitely remember the, the book series. We, I tried to equate it to, what was that, uh, The Little Engine That Could? Yeah. I think I can, I think I can. My mom and I used to read that book all the time. Thomas was a useful engine. He was. I was all in. Uh, we were definitely living Thomas for a couple of years. You know, I, I swear I think it was just more book-related because I distinctly remember all the different functions of those trains. But now... Yeah, they all had functions. You know what I mean? Like, there was the... I don't know. Diesel 10 was a bad guy. I don't remember their names. I knew you were going to get into oh, that. Yeah. No, we still have any them. of them. We have the toys. I think we had some of the toys, too. So there used to be a coffee shop in Powdersville. Okay. It's not there anymore. Um, when we first moved up here... And it was like this huge space. Like, it's bigger than this office, right? Uh, and so you'd have to go past the little espresso bar, and there was a kid's play area in the back. Mm-hmm. And they had a Thomas the Train set up like the size of this table that yeah. the kids could go play on. You know, it was like two feet high. Right. I've seen that in some toy stores. Man, that was... You talk about a good place to go have a cup of coffee because right. you could go sit by yourself. Yep, yep. The two, three-year-old was just Wouldn't completely having their moment, their fun, you know, letting them develop in their own little train ways. Right. Are you uh, supposed to get snow here today again, right? We are. We are. Are you going to stint meter it again? Um, I don't think we're going to get enough to bust out the old stint meter. You know, I'm a little, I'm still a little frustrated with USGA for not retweeting that. I'm surprised you even have a stint meter here. <laughs> Did you steal that from somebody? Somebody gift it to you? How'd you get a stint meter? Did you watch the video? Yeah. 
The stimp meter was two pieces of PVC pipe with a rubber band together. Okay, see, I saw the that's rubber band. Of, yeah. And I thought that's just how I've you... i still got it. I'll go show it to you okay, when we get done. Okay, you made a stimp meter. I, I did. I said, why the is pieces Tim? of PVC are probably four or five feet long. You only saw the front end of them. Huh. And I just made the ends match and put some rubber bands around there. Okay. I couldn't come up with anything to hold the ball long enough. Well, I knew... Like I'd, it would fall out of the hole, so... I'd never seen a stimp meter with rubber band on it, but I thought... It, it was might... a redneck stimp meter. That was okay. the whole beauty okay. of the whole... Oh, that is cool. <laughs> Didn't realize that. Please go back and rewatch it, folks, if you haven't. It was a lot more creative. It's on Tim's Twitter, yeah. yeah and I yes, I was out of breath because it was cold as heck, and I was running around the building because I did have my standard flip-flops, T-shirt, and shorts on. Yeah, somebody and I was not expecting the weather to be as such. How about your picture yesterday on Twitter? Ooh, which one was it? Uh, with Chuck Conley, uh, Bulldog. The one I took? Yeah, but somebody called well, him out for call having him out for the two sandwiches. Yeah, I would have had two sandwiches too, Chuck. Well, they were no pickles, so I that's what he that said. Counts, but they he did said have he cheese. normally doesn't do fries, but he, you got he them added fries. cheese. Yeah. Well, I got. I mean, look at me. I had a fried chicken sandwich sitting in front of me. Nobody called me out for. Should have had a salad, but yeah, it's all right. When you're in the drive-through line and everybody else is, you kind of just go with the flow. Like there's just number ones were flowing from the list that I was given. It looked like it. Yeah. And Chuck holding the baby. He was really doing fine. The baby never I cried, know, just I for know. the record. It was pretty funny. But the timing of the picture, definitely like the baby had a poopy diaper, oh, and he was trying to get oh, it away. Exactly, without question. Yeah. But that was a good day. We had um, Angie's grandson up here. Mr. Borman came back in. Yep. We're going to um, – it's always just good to have Chuck around, you know? Oh, I'd yeah. like to see him come back. He'll be back at the show again helping out this year. He just – he loved the people, and we the, talk about it all the time. It's the about the show. Ours in November. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. When we refer to the show, <laughs> that's the Carolina show. I didn't know if it was it November 16, 17, and 18 this year, folks. The week before Thanksgiving. Beautiful. Yes, sir. So let's talk about education. Education. We'll have a lot of it at the show. In fact, we're having a planning meeting coming up. So if you're listening to this and you have any ideas for education, feel free to send them into the office or to Mr. Bulldog, a.k.a. Chuck Connolly, our conference and show chairman. Are you bringing Dr. McGraw down for a Blue Weevil talk? We'd love to. Um, unfortunately, it's conflicting the, the, again. The Penn State folks choose the same week before Thanksgiving to do their conference. So he and Mr. Kaminsky both, are, or I'm sorry, Doctor Doctor yeah. um, Kaminsky, are not able to make it. You ever thought about sabotaging that show somehow? No, they're great partners. Okay. If anything, I'd love to do some maybe some co-branding, and maybe there's a way we could use some digital media and advertise classes on both ends. So. They could teach a class via Skype, and we could teach a class via Skype and maybe do the first dual conference ever and show wow. people that we all can work together to grow yeah. together. That's Tim Krieger for you right there. Well, we'll see if what they have to say, but I think it's a good idea. Maybe I'll get in trouble for saying it out loud before talking to the board about it. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's a great idea, to be honest with you. The more people know me, the more they realize I think when I talk. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about our educational piece for this episode, which is a member benefit. Oh, yeah. Member benefit. Media relations. Would you like me to read it to you? Yeah, please. All right, let me get it here. I believe it's going to have something to do with uh, me, I'm sorry, to deal with uh, newspapers, personalities. Media uh, services. Media services, yeah. Your association offers full-time support and range of media services from writing a press release to interview techniques. This service extends to promoting superintendent issues and interest in the media. Correct. Tell me about it. How many members do you think call and say, hey, man, I'm getting interviewed. I need help. I don't know. Do Not some? many. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I think what this is is 
many years ago, we used to share columns in a lot of newspapers. Um, Trent would do some work with them and co-op articles. And a lot of superintendents, especially in the 90s as things were booming, were getting a lot of more media attention. I think a lot of it's centered now around the hosted tour event sites where I think they get some prep work, if you will, okay. where they're a little more polished like Keith was. Yeah. Um, and you saw maybe even some of his interviews and how we interacted with him. Uh, and Trent used to be able to provide, and still does, those services. So, for instance, at a local association meeting, he'd come in and, and he'd provide all those that you're talking about um, and kind of prep guys on how to conduct themselves, if you will, for interviews or even the press release component of that is it, that's something that we'd provide. You know, if somebody needed something, we'd be more than happy to get involved and help them out. Gotcha. But I think more so than anything, you should be answering this question, Mr. Allen, because you're handling the digital media side now, and you're actually True. giving some presentations around the Carolinas at some of our local meetings. So, yep. Alan, what exactly does that member benefit do to our uh, or provide our members through your presentations? So on my end, well, my presentations, at, I've done two talks at the local associations, one in Winston-Salem, one in Musgrove or in Clinton, and talked about social media, how they can use it. That's fun. Always, uh, you get a mixed crowd at Superintendent Show. You got guys who are social media savvy and guys who don't know how to download the app. You know what I mean? Yep. But as far as my what I help the Carolinas with, we provide these podcasts and also provide multiple podcasts a month, a member profile, and then the hashtag My Carolinas Morning, just keeping the Twitter up to date, sharing information, explaining to people how to use social media to their benefit. Yeah, not detriment. Correct. Yeah. And how to use social media, like you said, just in general, like to download the app, to start them up, to get them going. Yeah, I do offer. If anybody wants to sit down one-on-one, I'll help walk them through it. That's great. But I will say something that kind of dawned on me at uh, Winston-Salem when I was speaking. This, and we're looking at demographic numbers, Instagram. If you need to hire an assistant, it might not be a bad idea to put an ad out on Instagram. You could catch some eyeballs there of a different generation that you won't get through other avenues. Well, I think... I don't know. I could be wrong, but the assistance Carolina's page is doing pretty well and thriving. So I'm sure if you tag them, you could probably get a tag back or something where the, those folks could see it. Also, true, true. No, they're doing very good highlighting their own version of the profiles, getting some backgrounds and photos. Yeah, but don't forget we also have a, an ERS where you can post the job through our employment referral service, and as soon as the job gets posted, you'll you get notified real time via Instagram, social media, or I'm sorry, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So. How's that? Did we cover that? Well? I think we did. So seriously, we, we shouldn't just make people think that this whole episode's about trains because it's really not. No, it's not. He, uh, it's yeah, a very small part of it. You're going to learn. I feel like the biggest failure at this in, I in this interview. About all yeah, that. <laughs> I was telling somebody about that yesterday. It was, it was Chuck on the phone. I said, "Man, 1995 to 2000. Here's what I did. Yeah, 96 2001. Here's what he did. And I, well, let's put that on the pod, Al. <laughs> And I was a cart guy and uh, then became assistant golf pro, then moved to Columbia. So, I sure. mean, I was. You, you had progression. Yeah, I did. I was learning. I was putting my time in. What are you paying my dues, so to speak? Yeah, but I mean, again, and this is depending on the paths you follow, right? Yeah. You can go to high school, you can go to college, you can get a job, you can go do whatever, right? right. Or you can work your butt off at every stage and every position that you're given and accelerate and right. be promoted. Yeah. So, I would much rather 
class you into that because you work for us now. Right, right. <laughs> so no, that's true, though. You've accelerated at each of those, Alan. And because of that acceleration, you've been noticed and picked up by someone else. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened with the Golf Association. Is that fair to say? True. You zoned in and narrowed a focus on what you really liked Absolutely. in your life and what you could focus on and be good at instead of having to do so many other tasks throughout the day yep. that maybe weren't as exciting. Great way of putting it. So, how do you feel now? Well, my point is, I still don't get the overachiever badge that he gets. <laughs> no, no, there's only one to give for that time period. He definitely gets it. I mean, you'll I mean, I could, I could rival him. I had a run there, but uh, I mean, mine was all about moving the retail needle. It was all about making somebody else money, and he was just providing somebody else a good product. But where he was, I was about ooh, to say to, to put that in your retail terms, you would need to go intern for Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and somebody else. That's well to said. match his. Yeah. I, I was, I was, I, I worked for a Fortune 500 company, but. Not Steve Jobs nor Bill Gates, right. um, nor at Apple or Google or Microsoft or any of those, which he did. In the golf world, yeah. Comparatively speaking, for sure. Well, we can just shut up and let them hear him talk about it. I don't know. I was kind of going there. I wanted you to feel better about yourself and your time frame and your growth and your stature and who you are, feel, not just because of how tall you are. I'll feel better when we get back to Jim Kearns and, and you two picking at <laughs> each other. Look, he hits the ball a long way, too. What what song should we lead into this with? Train, 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 train. Train kept a rolling. That's no, that's that not, not it. That's I think that's chain, chain, chain. Oh man, that was pretty good though, huh? Yeah, train, that train's old rock and roll song. Does this have like some kind of make me sound better when I sing thing going? <laughs> Can I take this home and do some karaoke in the house? Man, that was pretty good. Train kept a rolling by Aerosmith. Um, the last train to Clarksville since that's where I was born. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is one of the leading turf and ornamental distributors in the United States. We share your passion for these markets and to your success. While our roots in this industry started in the western United States, we are dedicated to bringing that same high level of customer service and product quality to you as we have demonstrated out west. Our mission is to provide you, our valued customer, with a level of trust, service, and support that is unequaled in this industry. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. And so we are here with our, we will call this the presidential edition, because we may do this every year going forward with the Carolina's president. I think we should. I didn't realize they changed every year. I thought it was a two-year term. Yeah, so maybe we'll get back on schedule where they're like the January, right? Right. First, first of the year, we start with the president. But we are here with Brian Steeler, uh, certified golf course superintendent and master greenkeeper. Hey. Brian, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. It's a lot of initials behind that name. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Not many of them around here, right? Like that? How many are there that's got six letters like you with the comma? Uh, I don't know about the six letters. I know Master Greenkeepers, I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 of them total. Wow. You're 72? Um, even par 72. He's even par. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And, uh, but I don't know how many are certified and, um, and Master Greenkeeper. Was either process harder than the other? Um, I would say that the – so when I did the CGCS um, certification, that was a lot of uh, – a lot more work as far as the portfolio. And that was right when they started making you do a portfolio. So that there was a ton of work involved in that. Yeah. The Master Greenkeeper uh, was 
I should say that I think it, it was it wasn't difficult, but it required a, uh, a considerable amount of education points before um, before you could even take the exam. So, um, was yours handwritten or was yours online? No, hand. I, it was handwritten, and I took it in Liberty. If you remember, uh, I do. That's you why were I my just proctor. Didn't, I didn't know if it was handwritten. I don't think I, we ever looked in the book. Yeah, it was. Had, yeah, it was all handwritten. I believe. Or no, it was typed. We did type it. Yeah, I did type. Because Phil talked about yeah. that on this podcast that just came out. Phil Helm, who's mm-hmm. like number thirty, other than me harassing him about how long ago that must have been, since there's only eighty. I, I listened to that this morning on the way up here, and, <laughs> and I was going. That was my next question. Uh, oh, go go. No, no, about the handwriting or the the online. But then I'm more curious about how many of you had in the office in Liberty. Uh, just the two that I'm aware of with Matthew and Brian. Okay, I know. Is going back to the type in versus handwriting thing. It was it was all type because I remember if you didn't have uh, the proper spacing in the table of contents and all in a cover page, they would I think they would fail you. It's because a lot of it has to do with listening to instructions and right. I think that's a blower. Let's wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, it's a backpack yeah, blower. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing backpack. Or should that just be part of the show, yeah. fellas? So I mean, that, that's the business we're in. But that yeah. reminds me of a Brian Steeler story. Is when we were what meeting? Where were we at the Liberty office? When we went to dinner. I guess Christmas. That was around Christmas. And so. we got Brian and I followed each other. And we got out the restaurant. Got out the, oh, out the oh, restaurant. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> oh, yeah. why did you take a picture of that blower? The Copper River. Well, if if you remember, it sounded like a it sounded like a 1968 Chevelle <laughs> with glass packs or something. <laughs> right. It was a. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was the one that was blowing the rocks from the uh, Copper River parking lot over the Golden Corral, right, right. blowing the leaves over the next building. <laughs> that thing was so loud, I wouldn't get out of my car before, make sure I didn't open my door on whoever was walking by, but he wasn't even near me. Yeah, I had to take a picture, or take a picture, and also I, it was actually a video. I recorded it just so I could take it back to work and, and show my mechanic. And So, Brian, these are the residual things that will come out after this episode airs and that you'll be finding yourself posting on Twitter and Facebook. You'll get requests about, hey, can I get that blower video? And you'll be like, what the hell was I talking about on that show? But just for everybody's knowledge, we are here in Greensboro today at the PGA show recording this, um, the Carolina's PGA show, and they were gracious enough to allow us into the ACC boardroom, folks, um, to record this podcast. So... Like, I don't know if this is the same room where they agreed that, that one, they were going to have their own network, or two, they were going to bring instant replay back. But, I mean, I feel like some big decisions may or may not have been made in this room. That's true. I didn't think about that. But I will say uh, this definitely running for 2020 location of the year. Oh, it's got to be yeah, up there. But yeah. Brian's office is pretty nice. We might have to go up to Highlands one day just to see it. Yeah, I'm in. But for recording purposes, I think you might be at the cream of the cream. But it's a presidential recording, right? I mean, That's true. That's so true. This, is, this is all prepared. Brian, welcome. Enjoy your surroundings. Thank you. <laughs> so when, when did you get all those letters? What year? Oh, geez. Um, so the CGCS, I think I did that in 2007 or eight, And then the Master Greenkeeper was 2000. 17, 17 or 18. I can't remember. He's the, recent. But okay. – but, uh, but, I will say this. You just went over last year and got your letters in in person in the calendar year of 19, correct? Um, Calendar year. Was it 19? Wasn't it just last year? Yeah, it would have been. It would have been, yes. The very beginning of last year, right before GIS. Okay. It would have been, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and that, so going over to Harrogate, that was quite an experience. So their their, um, version of GIS is pretty impressive. Oh, you went overseas? Yeah, over to. Matthew did as well the year before. They get presented. I heard Matthew went. 
uh, I didn't realize you got presented. Yeah, they, like yeah. you get called up on stage. It's a big deal, right? Yeah, and it's like this big uh, newscaster from uh, um, England that does the uh, presentation. It'd be like the equivalent of like Good Morning America in Britain. Really? It's a big deal, man. Oh, I get it. I get it. Is. I wish it wasn't so close to our show. I'd like to go sometime. Yeah, it's fun. Where it's is fun. it located? Harrogate is like a little tourist town. Scotland? Uh, very uh, historic tourist town in uh, England. Okay. It's about, if I recall, it's I think it's two hours north of London. So we, we had a good time. We went over and stayed there for a couple of days and then went to spend uh, part of the week in London as well. So in London was fun. I, I love London. And you know that's not his first experience overseas, right? No. Uh, this is going to be good. Maybe we could do employment real quick, background, okay. leading to the fact that so you're, you're the – is, the, is it golf course superintendent or do you have a fancier title? No, I, I'm going to keep the golf course superintendent for as long as... Okay, don't promote yourself out of a job type <laughs> no, mentality? No. Gotcha. All right, so you're the golf course superintendent at Highlands Country Club in Highlands, North Carolina. Yes. That club, um, first tee shot ever hit there was by none other than Bobby Jones, correct? Mm-hmm. In really? 1925? 28. 28. And um, pretty historic club, a lot of history there, obviously. Um a lot of members from all over, but why don't you tell people how you got to Highlands? Yeah, starting with third grade. <laughs> all right, so third grade is uh, that's when I met Eric. Um, Did you really? Yeah. So how Eric, good is it? I'm, I'm I thought that's what you were referring. No, to. No, this is perfect. That's Lead un- in. That's unbelievable. Okay. So Eric Ginther, my uh, fellow board member. Um, what I I moved schools when I was in um, the start of third grade. So that first day I was uh, I was uh, in a new school and disoriented, of course. And I I remember raising my hand to go to the bathroom or something, and uh, and then also I needed to go to the library. And I remember going to the bathroom, but then I didn't know where the library was, so I kind of walked. I felt like an idiot. I walked back into class and said. Um, can someone show me where the library is like I you know and so who volunteers to take me to the library none other than Eric and so Eric uh, um, you know just I mean he's a great guy but uh, he I think he was just looking to get out of class so that's when I met Eric and then so we've been uh, really good friends best friends for a long time they now live a mountain ridge or so apart yeah in North Carolina wow so he's at Roaring Gap and but I thought you were from I am, yes. Is Eric from yeah. up there, too? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, we grew up. He lived, a, like, I don't know, half a mile from my house. Gotcha. And then you both went to Penn State? We did, yes. But you were you grew up the whole way, third grade all the way through high school, knew yep. each other? Same houses and everything. Work at the same golf course growing up? Yeah, so we both got jobs when we turned – when we were 14 or so, we got a job at this uh, – local public course it was called exeter golf course and it was probably one of the more it's like the worst public course you can think of times 10 i mean it was it was terrible (laughs) wait wait worse than the one in west virginia that i went to where i walked into the golf shop and the guy threw the key at me and said the cart's in the barn boy and we had to go get our own carts unplug them and then as we left the first tee i heard some guys screaming behind what I think was like the third green coming back behind a row of like hollies and went around the corner and looked and they were all barefoot wearing cut off jeans with no t-shirts on wow. no shirts playing bare-chested golf I was like dude this is golf uh, that's something that is that about, would, about, yeah, about the same like place that you were at? Okay. happened okay. Yes, okay. Yes. Sorry. in fact Eric and I have done some stuff that we're not exactly proud of as employees at that place Exeter um, alright back to there yeah, sorry but let, that's a story for another day but um, <laughs> then uh, so we both worked there 
And, and then sometime in uh, that first summer, the golf course got vandalized. Some kids broke into the cart barn and stole some golf carts. And long story short, the, there was a lot of damage to the course, so we were sent out to plug greens for You, you know, had to fix your weeks. own issues? No, this, I was <laughs> not involved was in that. Not involved in that. <laughs> All right. But, way, to, uh, way to make up for Eric's transgressions. Yeah. So anyway, we uh, were sent out to plug greens, and it was just we liked it better because it, it, you know, we were doing the carts and everything first. Oh. And uh, was, when we started plugging greens, we were working from six to two, and it was just ideal. We could get home, and all of our friends would, um, you know, just be getting out of bed. Or uh, so we had the whole night ahead of us. So we worked there for a couple years, and uh, by the time I was like just a, a year or two later, I was. Uh, um, wanted you know i kept thinking like this could actually be a profession for me although my dad never believed it and so i went down and started working at reading country club which was um the higher end private club in in the reading area at the time um but that it was still kind of a blue collar country club yeah but uh so in and eric came as well and so we worked there for a couple years and then uh then came penn state and um so we, again, we both enrolled at Penn State, and uh, I mean the rest is kind of history. So, well, that's the history we got to get into because the what? resume of places you uh, work okay. is going to answer the overseas question: yeah. why he's been overseas okay. already that we start all this with. All right, so we're up to Penn State. We're up okay, to Penn so, State somewhere so, between Penn State and Harrogate. He was overseas again. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. All right, so um, this have, is late nineties. Yeah, so where this is ninety. So I graduated high school in ninety six. So that ninety seven was my first year. That summer, I got a job working at Oakmont Country Club in Pittsburgh, wow. which is the other side of the state. So it's a five-hour drive from Reading. And um, I, w- I worked for Mark Coons for two summers in 97 and 98. And uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Mark's uh, a mentor of mine and a really good guy. Past GCSAA president, just so yep. you know. I don't know if yep. you knew that. Nope. And uh, so, but after that, after two summers of that, I lived in the clubhouse at Oakmont during the summers. And so it was a great experience. And uh, I then went, uh, you know, it was kind of just wanted a different experience. So I sent some resumes and letters out. And uh, one of those was to a guy by the name of Eddie Adams, who was the head greenkeeper on the old course. And uh, wow. And say, St. Andrews. Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and like he actually. Old course, right. It just so happened that when he was, uh, he, when I sent that letter, he was actually in the process of trying to get interns from the U.S. So, so I went over there and um, that next, uh, for, well, actually I took my, uh, I took a year off between my junior and senior year and spent a year over in St. Andrews living and working and, um, so that was like a re- really big uh, experience for me. How many yeah. times did you get in the RNA clubhouse? Uh, three times. While an employee or since? No, while an employee. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Is that hard to get into? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, we we actually have a couple members at Highlands Country Club that are members of the RNA so too. So Donald Steele took Doug and I in there. Yeah, it's pretty. Showed sweet. us his locker. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a big deal. Donald yeah. Steele, American or Scottish? The architect. Okay. The Scottish oh, that's right. architect, said, who's in his 80s and has been waiting, I think he said 60 years to become a member. Is he a member? Just recently, oh, okay. and he's yeah, the I one mean, who did the master plan for St. Andrews in 1981 when he renovated the Jubilee course. Hmm. Anyways, go yeah. ahead. So, actually, most people think that the RNA clubhouse is somehow associated with the golf course, and it's not. The, not at the, all. The uh, 
golf course is owned by the town. It's actually, really, it's a municipal golf course when you get right down to it. Right. And um, so the, uh, the club environment's a little bit different over there where you have golf clubs, but they may not have their own golf course. They're just associated. So there's, you know, St. Andrew's Golf Club, and then there, there's a, a couple others. But then the, the most prestigious one would be the Royal and Ancient Golf right. Club. That's what I knew there's a gentleman in South Carolina who tried to bring that golf club atmosphere to the Greenville area. Gentlemen, well said. Very nice gesture of that. Well, <laughs> we'll tell you that story off record, yeah. Brian. Okay, so you, you were over there. You didn't live in the clubhouse, but you got in it three times. Sorry to interrupt you. Is it closed on Saturday? I heard it turns. Sundays. Okay. Sundays it, it turns into a park. Right. Where it, and that's, again, because it's owned by the town. It's the history. But as an employee or a staff member, you know there's precious greens, and people on Sunday, I assume, don't know, correct? I mean, you, you don't tarp them yeah, off. They, can... they actually do. Everybody in St. Andrews, for the most part, like, okay. it's it's the weirdest thing. I mean, it's the greatest thing. Like, everybody's, like, born with golf clubs in their hand there, and they're, uh, <laughs> they all have that, like, innate, innate sense of uh, respect for the golf course. And, and that's not to mention crazy stuff doesn't happen. I mean, right. St. Andrews, the University of St. Andrews is uh, – Right there, away, and I've seen, and and I've experienced some like really weird uh, findings on the golf course after nights of drinking. So, do we want to get into the Not, list? No, no, I nope, think that's nope, something nope, we want to nope. hold off on. Family but, uh, show, family show. I just but, feel like if you opened up Quail Hollow on Sundays as a park, you would get ignorant or people who didn't know or didn't care. Well, but, have dogs on the greens. Yeah, Quail Hollow though, you're like or a club like that is so like detailed, manicured. St. Andrews is not not that it's not manicured, but it's uh, St. Andrews is just it's all fine fescue and it's uh, and there's dogs running all over that yeah, golf course. I mean, it's, uh, I gotcha. uh, it's so I mean it's it's a lot Blew different than that. It's like not, when we pulled into town, the dude drove right across eighteen and one. Uh, you told me about that, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know the road went right through the damn golf course. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's that was when the bleachers were set up, right, for yeah. the open. Oh wow! Yeah, like thank God they were there because I hit them left off of eighteen, snapped my three wood, <laughs> kicked it back in, hit a wedge up there to six feet, and made the downhill putt to beat yeah. Dougie uh, on eighteen. But anyhow, all right. So then you're at St. Andrews. You took a year off of school. Keep going. Yeah. So then when I came back to the states, um, my parents had during that time had moved to a town in South Carolina called Hartsville, which I'm sure oh, yeah. many people are. The PD with. is that Honey Honey Boo Boo? What's the barbecue place there? Honey Bee Honey Bear. Uh, there's Yogi's Chicken. Yogi's Chicken. Yogi's yeah, chicken it's probably yeah. got to be the last one ever. Yeah. God, man, I remember eating there. It was honey, pretty good. Honey Chicken. I've never had it. Yeah. yeah. Did you so there? I, I believe I was there a time or two. Okay. Yeah. But Jody, when did you go to Hartsville? What age? Well, I was, I was in college. Okay, your parents so I was, moved. I didn't live there yeah. personally, but other than there was a month I had to stay there. But when I came back from St. Andrews, that's where I went for gotcha. about three to four weeks before going to um, Augusta National, which was my next uh, stop. <laughs> Dude. You see this gap I was trying to cover, Alan? You needed to get all this. I don't know if the camera's got my eyebrows. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and so I spent – So I went um, from Oakmont to the old course to Augusta. Yeah. I mean, is the rest of your life disappointment? No, just keep going. No, no. He's got so six was, letters. That's true. That's so, all we're trying to figure out of these letters. <laughs> so, so when I was at Augusta, that's when I learned about Highlands. So my parents had uh, good friends who had a cabin in Cashers and um, – we would come up and during, I don't know, two or three weekends during the, the seven months I was at Augusta National, we came came up to um, to Highlands and just we love the area. And just 
it reminded us, you know, you were in the South. We wanted to be in the South, and I won't go into that because I am a Yankee at heart. But like, I, <laughs> I've got a sign in my office office that says I was I wasn't born in the South, but I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> I like that. So That's a good um, one. I've never seen that one. <laughs> but it also we liked the climate. Like it was cooler, yeah. uh, and I got used to the Augusta heat. But I, st- I didn't really necessarily want to live in that that. Uh, it certainly is a heat down there. It's a, yeah, smoldering, it's hot. yeah. That Columbia to Augusta area. Yeah. He wants to live somewhere where he can wear his sweater vest all year. Yeah. Obviously, I'm ready for shorts all year round. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, give me a good Augusta story during your tenure What's there. Um, I mean, it, it was – What at, year was it? Uh, 2000. How much, okay. how much time you spend on the par three working? I mean, they that as much detail as a – Oh, they, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's the same same amount of uh, level of maintenance that right. goes into that as the golf course. Man. But uh, I, as far as stories, I, it's a, well, the thing that amazed me is you, you always hear people that take the Masters uh, tournament is, you know, it's this uh, – um, like it's so exclusive and uh, they have all these like preconceived ideas of what they heard about Augusta like freezing azaleas yeah yep. and you wouldn't be surprised I remember I was mowing number four green during the tournament and uh, there was I can't tell you how many people like ducked under the rope to steal a handful of sand out of the bunker <laughs> At number four it. green, it's kind of you know put a little vial in it, and yeah. Put it in the vial because I remember t- I remember thinking to myself, you know, out in the parking lot where you walked in, there's a whole pile of that there. You know, you could have. <laughs> so we it's talk, the same but sand, it, but the sharpie wouldn't have said number four on the outside of the bottle. Exactly. <laughs> you and I were talking about Allentown a few minutes ago, and I have a friend who was a caddy master there, worked with him at Columbia Country Club when his wife was in school, and they moved back to Pennsylvania. Before they left, they were they went to Augusta, and Jesse wanted to see it so bad. He gave her his wallet. He jumped the fence to get a glimpse at it and jumped back out. But oh wow, yeah, yeah I, I don't. I, that happened a lot. That you wouldn't believe how many people pulled down Magnolia Lane in the middle of the summer. And there's a, you know secure the security oh, yeah. gates right there, so you can't go far. No, but there's a lot of people that try to get a, a glimpse of that, and uh, so it was it was kind of neat from the sense that we. I was able to see a lot of that and appreciate that yeah. from behind the scenes. And yeah, you get to get throughout the whole property, like up to the crow's nest, down in the sun in the basement. Just during, and all that. so the only time we were we were in the clubhouse was during the employee play day. They had a, uh, they had a, you could go tour like the other areas of the, inside the clubhouse. And yeah, did you get in the basement when you were there? See the showers and the saunas and all the work. That no, I did not. Did not get in the basement. I w- but I was there early enough for breakfast one day, and there's members sitting there with the green jackets on, yeah. and that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. You know, we got a couple other interests to get to, but let's. We Hold still on, haven't we made finish. the Highlands. I know. Oh yeah. So Augusta, next. So yeah. So at Augusta, focus, Brian. Focus. You're on a podcast. <laughs> so at Augusta, um, that's when I uh, we found out about Highlands and knew that's kind of where we wanted to go. When and following that internship, I went back to Penn State to finish my senior year. And uh, I had uh, I, I knew of just again through the Augusta connections and Penn State connections. I knew I, I learned who Eric Shoemaker was, and um, I always uh, wanted to go to the knowing I wanted to go to this area. And uh, Eric was looking for an assistant at the time, and and so Eric hired me, and which was a great experience for me. And he hired you at Highlands, correct? Yes, yeah. So he was he was the he, he had just built um, Trillium. 
and he was uh, he moved back to he was so he was the assistant at Highlands Country Club from '93 to '96, and in '99 they brought him back to be the superintendent, and he hired me in late 2000. So and then I moved here 2001 uh, that wow. spring, and have been there pretty much ever since. A couple years later, Eric moved on to do Mountaintop. Man, you did, and know. then he went right up and followed Eric. To a mountaintop. No, well, to, first, to uh, okay, yeah, but first, position. I did leave for a very short time. I was hired uh, as a superintendent at Champion Hills Club in December of 2003, and we moved away. Um, bought a house in Hendersonville, loved the area, and we were there for about three months. And my phone rang, and it was the general manager from Highlands Country Club that said, and he said, Eric just resigned. He is um, going to build mountaintop. And we want to know what it would take to get you to come back. So it was, it was. That's a cool call. While it was a bummer that we had already bought a house and everything, it was kind of a no-brainer decision for me because Highlands Country Club was more the career job at the time. Um, and Champion Hills, I feel like for me would have been a, like just a stepping stone onto something else yeah. at, after like five to ten years. So you graduated what in 96? High school. High school. You did a lot in those five years. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, school in those three. That's what I'm saying. From '96 to 2001, he he was a little more applied than you were in those five years. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I wasted those. Yeah, but I think I was. I was. I was more. Florence was not as productive for you in that. I mean, I'm ashamed of myself. (laughs) I was. uh, I was applied almost to a fault, though. I feel like I was really like one dimensional there, but. uh, it's it's all I worried or focused on and worried about. So that's just in my. But nature. your wife's been involved in that whole process, right? Didn't you know her early on in life as well? Uh, well, we, I met her at Reading Country Club. She was uh, she was a waitress, and uh, so actually, this is a funny story. I was uh, one night during Christmas time. They did a lot of Christmas dinners and events for parties for different companies and whatnot, and uh, she was uh, she was waitressing that night, and I was. Um, directing traffic in the parking lot because the parking lot was kind of like where we parked last night where you you drive all up to this dead end and you can't turn around if they're all full so you got to back out so oh, it was better worse. to have somebody there counting who makes parking lots like that at country clubs yeah i don't know but they they need they're to terrible. rethink okay. their... we should get involved in master planning and parking lots. exactly but um so anyway i was working there. it was freezing that night and some little old lady came up to me and she like pinched my cheeks and then she said you look freezing. And then she went inside and said, and it, she just happened to pull Hillary aside and said, you need to take that boy out there some hot chocolate. So she brought out hot chocolate, and then wow. we started talking, and then that was that. So Man. Poor Hillary. So we actually, and then we got married in Augusta. So I've got our wedding um, portraits are like looking down Magnolia Lane. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Big yeah. important question. Were there marshmallows in the hot chocolate? No, there was no marshmallows at that. I was just wondering if she knew you that yeah. well already. I'm kind of anti-marshmallows and hot chocolate myself. I you? like the little like crispy ones that come in the yeah, Swiss yeah. Miss that have to melt before you can get into it. Yeah, them. exactly. Not the little you don't crunch them, do you? Well, I, but I like them both ways. <laughs> I'd eat them both ways, but no, I you like two them. would get along well in the snack department. I've noticed traveling with y'all. You. Like it's, uh, <laughs> I think I saw some gummy bears. I think I saw some. <laughs> Some nuts, maybe some chocolate in there. I don't do much gummies. I'm more of a sweet tart, powder candy kind of guy. Say gummy bears, please. Gummy bears? Well, what did I say? You said gummies. Oh. That's, that's a, a distinction. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you said gummies are like the healthier fruit snack gotcha. that your kids eat in their lunch. Yeah, Correct. My, my kids We're going to go with those. that. That's yep. what they are. Yep. Yes. 
Forget would, GIS San Diego. Am I allowed to get the trains yet, or are we still? I, you can do whatever you want. I just wanted him to cover those three courses, and it's taken us. Well, that's unbelievable. It was good background, though. I this still, is what we do, right? You've listened to a few. Oh, yeah, listen How many of all, these have you listened to? All of them, like three Dang. times. So here's our transition. He said, so I listened to all of them one day when I was doing my work on my trains. That's a How many day. hours do we have? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a full day. I yeah. mean, it's a, it could be almost 20 hours now, at right, least. At I would least. Say. It's not, I don't think it's that long. I think it took me, it probably took me 8 to 10, I feel like. Oh, we got at least that much, I would think, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, at least. So he's listened. Yeah. Because I've been peppered with some questions every now and then. I'll get an occasional text message. Hey, what were you talking about on right. that episode? And I'm like, you know, I, yeah. I got to go think about it. Yeah, I will say you've gotten some good texts last week from the Delphine episode and those yeah. things. Makes me happy. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. People listening. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So earlier, I don't remember what day it was. Earlier this week, I texted Brian. And somebody on my Facebook page shared something in the Greenville area in Taylor, South Carolina. Oh, Taylor Mills. Taylor, Taylor Mills. Mills. Yeah. I trained something, and I was like, hey, he might not know about this. And I sent it to him, and he already knew. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Great place. Yeah, try. so they opened that up, I think <laughs> it was uh, two years, either one or two years ago. My, all the dates run together. But So Taylor's Mill is an old textile mill is what I assume it is. Um, you guys would probably know more about it than I do. But it's the most – it's the coolest. It's like walking back into the 1920s. Like wow. you're, you go in the old mill, and in one of the buildings there they have – this model railroad club has all these different layouts set up and they opened it up uh, Christmas time or it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas about two years ago. And so I went uh, during, so my parents live in Greenville now and I went during Thanksgiving okay. one year and it was the coolest thing. So wanted to go back last week when I was down there, but uh, didn't have time. So what, what does a club like that do in a display? Do they all come together and bring their own little parts in to make one big display or does Joey get two weeks and then he takes it out and Bob gets his three weeks? I mean, how does that club work? To- yeah. Well, unfortunately, the model railroad industry is, is kind of on, on in decline, I should say. and it's, usually, it's not thriving right now? No, it's, it's such a specific thing. And it's mostly old people, of course, because that, uh, that was the toys back in the day. But um, a model railroad club, which there's one in Macon County, so Macon County model railroaders, and I and I know I sound like a dwarf. Are, are you a member of that? I am. Yes. yes. The Macon County Train Club, M- model railroaders club. <laughs> okay, we got to clarify. Model railroaders, Alan. And I don't have a uh, membership. It's not a model that. train club. It's a model railroader. Yeah, this railroad. is just like it's not an addiction. It's a. I've never heard of substance railroad. abuse deficiency or something so before i met brian i heard his name mentioned through wharton talking about being what are matthew called rail fans rail fans yeah that's somebody who enjoys trains and then danny allen when i did his interviews of brian Steele is gonna love you because i got a shot oh, of the yeah. train and yeah i think that was the coolest golf course ever i hear the train came through but where did your fascination start well i mean so it, as a kid, I guess I did it since the age of four. It, my dad would uh, get, uh, he'd always set up a, a layout underneath our Christmas tree. So for about a month during the Christmas holiday, I had that up. And um, it was just a piece of plywood on, with a green, like out, indoor, outdoor carpet on yeah. top of it. And then the rail track nailed on that. And then it had a uh, slot car track on it. And um, uh, he would get me buildings, and I ne- I'll never forget the one year he came home, and I don't know where he got this stuff, but it was like really fine sawdust, and then I could dump that out and make uh, gravel roads, is what I considered them. And so like that- I was fascinated with it back then, and 
So about, I don't know, eight years ago or so, I was in my basement cleaning up and there was a box that said Brian's Trains on it and it was from when I was a kid. And I pulled that out and my daughter was about the age where she thought that might be cool or she really didn't though, but I thought she might think it'd be cool and yeah. uh, set it up and I was like, wow. And then the thing just took a life of its own and now yeah. I'm fully addicted. Let's talk about that. Where, where is that now? I'm sorry, where's where, where, where you're at now with that thing? Yeah, it's so under a half a million invested. I'm sure. Fair enough. It's a lot less than that. Okay, good. I was just clear. But how big, are, how big are we now? So I'm about 100 square feet. So it's not huge, but it's, I mean, for an H, HO scale, which is 187. So for every one foot in uh, real life, it's 80, or I'm sorry, for every 87 feet in real life, it is uh, one foot HO scale or inches, whatever uh, denomination you go there but so it's a 10 by 10 platform it's the size of a booth at a trade show for people well to get but it's not yeah but it's not it's, uh, it's set square. up where it's it's not square though yes but what what fascinates me is it's not just a train set he custom makes this stuff oh i have an office yeah. you're on there you don't you know i have an i'm a net yeah. jets dealer yeah Tim, Islands. well did yeah, you hit the deer who, who i didn't the, hit the deer but no we'll that, was, that, but that was that was a tractor I have trailer an okay I learned yesterday why people have offices, and I had to clarify to make sure that I wasn't why on did, there for that reason. Why do people have offices? Well, we don't need to get into all well, that. It's uh, just like, hey, they like, show up. We don't need them to know. Yeah, it's just funny stuff that happens in life that right. I think about. It's right. just dry humor. I DA think. moments. <laughs> that you custom make those. What? Yeah, a lot of that, yes. So, And that's what I'm sort of really into is, uh, one is I love, I'm like fascinated with just scale in general and making yep. stuff smaller and, right. but keep it in all the proportions correct. And then also, um, I enjoy the, uh, weathering and learning different techniques to make right. a building. So like when I'm driving around and, uh, Tim and I were talking this morning, we were talking about Easley and South Carolina. And that's one of my favorite towns because there's just so much going on there as far as, you know, it looks like it a little, like it looks like you're in the train layout almost that town hmm. is like because it's got a train running right down through it right. it's the old brick and then it's got some of the old buildings that are you know decaying and, and then it's yeah. got new structures and how the railroad tracks are elevated with ballast under them and uh, wow. uh ballast is the trick is like the, the the technical name for gravel that's the big chunks of rock that's underneath the railroad ties uh. so um then also the coolest thing about easily i think is like right before you get in it coming from my direction there is a um, an old old uh, grain silo, so like I'll stop I stop there a lot, take pictures, and what I'm looking for is like where where rust or okay. where weathering actually happens, and that's part of making that look realistic is yeah. understanding that if you have, for instance, a steel building, the rust, for instance, isn't going to be necessarily down at the bottom. It's you're going to find it under windows. Um, where it drips, like where a gutter might have been leaking for a long time, stuff like that. Details, man. It's all in the details. Exactly. Versus wooden structures where the rot will be at the bottom, where yeah. it intersects. Exactly. Right. So, two part question: Do do you ever are you ever able to bring your model making for that into the superintendent world? Does anything um, ever work out that way? A little bit, um, but not much. There was so there was a time I started thinking like I should. It'd be cool to do a golf course. But the problem with that, and again, this is HO scale, is that the, the scale is so small that what happens is you wind up, um, you know, it, it takes up a lot of room, like, lengthwise. Yeah. But then the scale is so small that none of the undulations and details even show up. So what huh. might be a five-foot depression in a green 
ends up being hardly noticeable on an HO scale layout. But so I work and we've been working with Ron Force at Highlands Country Club um, the last couple of years. And so he introduced me to this whole idea apparently that when, when architects do three-dimensional renderings of a green, say, that the, the uh, vertical scale is exaggerated. So while it might be, uh-huh. you know, H, HO scale, say it's 187 from, you know, length and, and depth, the um, undulations will be shown at, say, like uh, 143 or something wow. like that. Yeah. So they would show up. Since you know scale so good, do you know the average NASCAR diecast, what scale that is? 143. 140. Well, so 64, 164 is a matchbox car, Hot Wheels. 143 is actually O scale. So if you had a 143 NASCAR, that would set up to your Lionel trains. It's usually 124, just saying. Yeah, they have 118, 1 to 18. I mean, there's a Uh, bunch of different ones. So 24 would be bigger. Yeah, 124th is, yeah, a, is the NASCAR smaller, die-cut. That's yeah. the one that's like Yogi right, Big right, right there right. that sits on the dam- with the hood opening and yeah, 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 so you yeah. can get the and that's so you can get the detail of the glove box. I would assume and yeah, things exactly. of that nature. You yeah. can't get in a matchbox of a 64. I just didn't know how good on scales he knew everything. He knew all scales. It, it yeah. sounds like oh, pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does a lot of math conversion. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what it all is. It's yeah. math. I enjoy that. Do you do it by hand? Or in your head, or do you have to use calculators? Well, it's it's not. Um, I, no, I do, I do it. I mean, both ways, but I mean, mostly calculators. I'd say, but so it, like, a lot of it you can picture, like so you know what the size of your car, like what your car is or your truck. So you can picture your truck being parked next to a tree, like in real life, okay? And you know how much bigger the tree is. So it's like just by going off of that, you can tell gotcha. if it's realistic. Because if, if I put a matchbox car on my train layout, which is 187, 164 is way too big. It looks right. goofy. Yeah. yeah. Man. Do they make matchbox cars in 187? They did back in the, when the hobby was more popular back in, uh, you know, 70s and 80s they did. But Do you think Jeff Robinson has some of those? That, I don't know about that, but he probably does. What what size is Lionel? What scales that? Well, most they did. Well, they made HO a little bit, and yeah. they they're in HO now, but they're all O scale. Okay. So in an O scale again, one forty three HO stands for half of O scale, which is oh. one eighty seven. Wow. What's O? One forty three. What does O mean? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I don't really know what O stands for, but. All right. Let's move on to another. I think interesting subject. You are. City council, town council. Yeah, I'm a town commissioner. Yes. How is in that? Highlands. It's good. I mean, it's, there's a lot of parallels to to uh, it and the golf course industry and being a superintendent at a private club. Just the politics involved in it. And yeah. So I enjoy it. I mean, it's just something that uh, you know. These are just hobbies to keep me off the street and occupied. My I was about mind, saying, so. you're you're definitely an overachiever, in my opinion. I mean. Well, I just need a lot going on to be happy. I just, I can't I can't have downtime. Yeah. That's that makes is that sense. an elected position? Appointed? Yes, it's oh. elected. So I've been elected for um, three terms. I'm on my third term now. So the term is four years. And I was I ran for mayor in 2013 and and was unsuccessful at that for. Um, and I learned some lessons from that, not to listen to other people's advice and things like that, like just to follow my gut and do what I was, you know. Right. Campaigning and fundraising, totally different world, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I try. I mean, fundraising. Well, it is and it's not. I mean, for for me, it was ne- the fundraising isn't that hard just because a lot of members are so supportive and they you. send money regardless. But, um, and and you don't have to raise that much money in Highlands. I mean, it's like it's really like a you know it's like a glorified uh, student body president election or something. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah where we get where there's only 900 registered voters, so you have the opportunity to know all these people. So it's not like you can't. Right reach out to them. And in terms of fundraising, you're involved in a local tur- tournament up there, right? How long now? Yeah, so in 2000, um, I think it was 2009 is when I was asked to, uh, and this is before I was a commissioner. I didn't run for election until 2011 for the first time. And uh, so, so I was asked in 2009 to, to uh, chair the Town of Highland Scholarship Golf Tournament, which is a um, got one-day golf event that, at Wildcat Cliffs Country Club and uh, we raise money for scholarships for graduates of the Highlands School, and which is, again, a big deal in of itself because you got to think Highlands, rural community. There was a lot of kids um, yeah. historically that don't even go to, and even now that don't go to college. But um, so since 2009, I, I think it, we've, I've raised about $200,000 for scholarships. Wow. That's a lot. He's got to go do the ask, yeah. We've got yeah. Some, some interesting overlaps or parallels there with some of our affiliates that support our association also support that event it's kind of nice we were talking about that this morning about mm-hmm. some of those folks well i guess can i hit him up with the final two questions yeah that'd be good let's do well before we get to your two questions you're gonna remember them right yeah you got them written in the yep. script okay yeah, perfect yeah. was there anything that you wanted to talk about on your podcast as you've listened to all the other ones and you said man i know i'm gonna be on i hope i get to talk about my wife my daughter my dog my crew, hmm. my mechanic. Yeah, I mean, actually, anybody along those lines. Anything I'd say, else? Yeah, there's a couple things I want to mention. But yeah, is, uh, is one of your questions what I want to hang my hat on? No, I was no, that's not it. But you. Oh, we should ask that. that every year, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Since yeah. we set Matthew up with that one yeah. last year, unprepared in his script. Correct. All right, that's going to be one of your three. Okay, he's got three questions yeah, for you. So okay, go ahead. so go ahead. So what, what did we forget? What does well, Brian want to talk? Well, about? Well, I'm just so I've got a daughter that's. Um, she is now 15 years old, which that's hard. That's really hard for me. I can't uh, – when she goes away to college, I, I'm going to be a train wreck. I'm with you. I don't oh, know my. what I'm going to do. He's going to have to find more things to do right. when she's not – because <laughs> yeah. he takes her all over the state for golf, right? She's like yeah. – I knew she's a junior golfer. She's yeah. really good. So, yeah, she. so I coach the girls' team at the Highland School. And uh, she is – So and she's done really well. So she's been coming to work with me ever since the you know the day she was born. And uh, she is a good golfer. She finished 15th in the state at North Carolina last year. Nice. In the, in the statewide scholastic uh, tournament in uh, Pinehurst. And uh, love her to death. And, again, she's kind of everything that, uh, like, I just can't imagine not having her there. It's got, I don't even want to talk about that. But um, Are you guys going to have another one when she's gone? I'm up to four questions now, by the way. All right, no, you no. don't want to start writing yeah. these down. No, no, no other kids on the way. Um, the other, uh, thing, uh, for my crew, uh, anyway, I just, you know, my assistant, uh, my assistant's the one that really makes it possible for me to do a lot of these extracurricular activities. Cause, um, he runs the, runs the show day to day and, uh, does a fantastic job. His name's Chad Stockton. He actually has been at Highlands Country Club since 97. So he's been, uh, through, I think three superintendents in that time. 
So we have a really unique relationship. And uh, again, my mechanic who's top notch and uh, certainly couldn't do the job without him. So my whole staff, though, is is and that's Paul, first right? Class. Yeah, Paul Dalton. I like me some Paul. He's yeah. always nice, man. He's yeah. always been outgoing. Really Every time I've met him, been around the T Tech yeah. group. In fact, I'll, I'll say that too is from the Carolinas Association is um, I actually had the opportunity this past year to teach um, a turf class to the T Tech guys, and oh, wow. T Tech's fun. I mean, that's where it's at, and their lunches are better than we get. Like they grill steaks, <laughs> and uh, they get, uh, they get all kinds of perks over there. So. I try to make it a point now to hang out at T-TAC uh, at least part of one day. Shoot me a text. I'll join you. Yeah. I'm always up for a good cookout. That's where I have to go every year when I go over there on Tuesday when it's like, i got to go to T-TAC. Right. That's where I'm going to and those, speak to that group. Those, those are a conference and show. Yeah. Okay, I thought he was a different T-TAC. No, he taught down at that oh, one at the okay. beach. Yeah, okay. they, have it, they have it down at the gotcha. – it's like a Ori like Georgetown, like Georgetown campus. It's yep. a separate campus from them. You used to do that – they used to do – was that the assistance meeting in the lobby? The assistance meeting. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. And now they're trying to find a bigger room, but we're out of rooms to do an assistance meeting. Gotcha. Per se. Yeah. Gotcha. So, anyway, it's, it's a, that's a good group. And it's fun to, fun to hear their side of things and the perception of, of, of the business – from their angle, because right. it's it's you know a lot of times superintendents may uh, feel that they're excluded, I guess, or or that they're that people don't appreciate them. But um, I mean, everybody, every every side of this profession could say that to a degree, including the uh, equipment techs. Plug so. plug for Hillary. Yeah, Hillary's everything. Um, she's kind of my rocket at home, and uh, you know what? Having a mom and dad like I had in. Um, and have I guess they're still like I said living in Greenville. Um, I saw firsthand my dad, who's probably my biggest mentor, um, what it was like to work hard and but also balance uh, family time yeah. and uh, have a quality upbringing. So I learned probably more more from him. And uh, my biggest my biggest uh, um, advice for somebody is is something he taught me years ago and that's pick your battles because they're not all nice. worth fighting and that's something i to this day i still uh keep in mind so anyway so when i well i knew when i got married i wanted to have a similar setup like that and so i was always able to focus on my career and and hillary would uh take care of the rest so yeah and so we're a good team um you certainly just answered my advice question pick your battles i like that that's one of them well man. i mean when you see a man who when he's told to get felt pads throws cut tennis balls on the bottom of his furniture and says we're all yeah, right that honey, was awesome that was here, awesome man, you can imagine what that poor lady's up against on a daily are basis those, are those tennis balls still under the table oh no no okay. she ripped those off right <laughs> yeah she wasn't she wasn't like as amused as i was about it. i thought that was totally awesome oh i thought it was great all right you're gonna ask your last three questions yep uh how much do you sleep per day per night I sleep about uh, six hours, six days, six to six or seven. That's more than I thought you would do uh, based on your activity. Let's talk about Mr. Piggles real quick. Oh, yeah, Mr. Piggles. Uh, When Rhett left that and asked you to, Rhett Baker left and said, hey, pick this up from, and you took him some adventures. Yes, yes. So so Rhett called me uh, one morning and said that, uh, you know, they were up. The, the weekend prior but of course he didn't didn't call me then he only calls me when he needs something i hear you i'm joking about that but uh <laughs> now he called and his daughter his daughter i guess left her stuffed pig in the house that they rented and he asked me if i could go back to that house and he told me where the key was hidden and go in and search for the pig so i did that and so i got this pig and i just looked at the pig and i was like i've got to have some fun with this so 
Yeah. I took the pig everywhere from like waterfalls to a bunch of other places. Like, I mean, basically for Rhett, I lost three quarters of a day of work. Yeah. And uh, staging the I, pig. I wasn't reprimanded for that though, but staging this pig at places around Highlands. And then I brought him back to Highlands Country Club. And right. uh, we mowed greens and changed cups and pulled soil samples on fairways. We did everything that a pig could do. That's awesome. At a day at work. Yeah, and we did. You sent me those pictures. We shared them whenever Rhett's up. Yeah. <clears throat> whenever Rhett's episode came out. So, so, so when I sent it that back though, it was the, it was the photo album, and uh, it also had like a whole. He, the pig wrote up a bunch of stuff too. Oh, did he? And and the common theme was that Mr. Piggles was just so impressed with the job that <laughs> I do at Highlands Country Club <laughs> compared to what he knows about Rhett. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah. Last question: uh, first car you drove. First car I drove, so I have a twin sister. That's the first thing. And so when we turned 16, my dad bought us a Volvo, a 1986. This was, of course, used. Actually, they had it, and then it just became yeah. my dad bought a new car, a new Volvo, actually. Yeah. And uh, he had uh, donated to us the 1986 Volvo DL and the DL was like bottom of the line for yeah. though they had two models. It's and this is the army tank days, so right. you had a DL or a GL. The GL was, was the upgrade because it had the like the hand, hand crank sunroof. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So the first the first car was an 86 DL, and uh, so and again, I had to share it with my twin sister. And she was not much of a driver. She was she was like a NASCAR driver and uh-huh. like bouncing off of uh, guardrails and kind of so. So she totaled that car, and um, so then I got a nineteen. Well, then I then I somehow inherited my mom's uh, nineteen eighty eight Volvo GL. That's the one that had the hand crank sunroof. Yeah. And if you ever if you ever experienced that, you hope if if the thing if you uh, cross thread that thing or uh, oh grind really? it out. You better hope that it's in the closed position because the sunroof that is because you're not going to get that closed. So I drove that for a while, and then my sister totaled that car, and then I got a, uh-huh. then I got my own. That I went and bought a 1989, I think it was Volvo uh, 240 GL, same sunroof. And long story short, it was like this long run of Volvos, and my wife drives an XC90 now, so we still drive Volvos. But wow. Um, anyway, that's the that's the story. So '86, and that thing, and Eric was with me many times. That's so funny, man. That that thing's been in some uh, compromising situations too. So we, well, I did skip over one other question I meant to ask about your presidency. Any hopes, dreams? No. Well, yes and no. I mean, I. For my presidency, I think one thing we're blessed with is the fact that we have a, a, a well-tenured staff, and I think that my job as president, I'm not a micromanager. I think that uh, my job is to be there to support them. And, uh, I mean, the girls in the office are first class in every every way. Yeah. And uh, so my job is just to um, kind of be a cheerleader, but then also I do want to Make sure that rounds for research is has a successful year, as well as uh, you know we have good um, representation at the golf days, at, whether that's uh, Columbia or Raleigh. And uh, again, yeah. just being there for the staff, though, and in any kind of you know big picture type stuff. So awesome! Well, thank you very much for sitting down thank with you. us. Thank you, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you soon. All right, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Brian.
All right. Well, Alan. Yep. What are you going to have to do to get that overachiever award now? I'm working on it at the end of my. You and Brian are going to have a 2020 to 2025 comparison when we go S5. Three dot one. Well, I'm working on my own train modeling set. No, 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 no. I can't no. beat him there either. I wouldn't overachieve him in his own category. I think That's you true. might need to like play guitar against him or something. Maybe you could start with winning a weedy, um, your own, or I won't be eligible. An Aqua Troll award would set okay. you apart. Okay, okay. Um, I think I'm trying to think of some other. Turf producer, international lettery things that you, you would get win on awards from. Micah Woods list. Yeah, you not do. me personally. No, I don't want to be on there. But I'm talking about the other platforms. Well, I didn't mean you personally either. Yeah. When I look at you, I mean us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're on there, but we're not front page. So, um, how in the world I dropped twenty something spots from a year where I didn't try to a year where I did try, I'm still trying to grasp. <laughs> Unless that just means that the level of turf Twitter competition is that hard, up. folks. Yeah. It's that tough. There's that many people using the platform. Well, I don't see anybody dethroning fried egg anytime soon. Was he number one? Yeah. Out of the blue. First on time the turf ever. one? Yeah. 40, How's that happen? 40,000 listeners, all the, all the uh, mentions. Because he got a superintendent pod, slide, whatever he did. Thingy. Maybe, maybe. And I'm not slandering them. Yeah. We had them on. I think right. it's great to compliment them. In fact, I've heard there's a new potential pod coming out soon. Okay. Can't talk about it. All right. Secret. Might be another chapter doing one. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so. They need a producer? Don't know. Okay. Are they close? Mm, like driving-wise? Yeah. Not so. Okay. Like, what do you consider close? Four hours, five hours. That's why you're in the Carolinas. Yeah. <laughs> We're close. <laughs> I can get about anywhere in three hours from my house, which is nice. To Greensboro, to the beach, to Hilton. You're Hill. more centrally located than I am for this role, yes. Yeah. I am living on the wrong side of the territory. If I leave in the morning, the sun's in my eyes. If I come home at night, the sun's in my eyes. <laughs> I said that to somebody the other day. I was like, man, I should be living on the coast for this gig. It'd be about the same for you, probably. Well, if I left in the morning, it'd be in my back. Right, right. <laughs> if oh, I came I home, gotcha. I wouldn't be. You see That's what I'm true. Yeah, be a completely yeah. different situation yeah. there. So who we got coming up uh, March 15th? It's the one you keep talking about. The banter edition. Oh, yeah, Jim Kearns, Dr. Kearns. I got to go over and listen to this. I don't even remember all the banter. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing him talk. Did Lee get harassed a little bit in that, too? A little bit, but he was sitting behind there. He wasn't. He didn't get much shrapnel. He didn't get harassed as bad as Alex did at the Bigger Booth? No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, mainly, Lee, we talked about the cheeseburger wrapping samples. Oh, and what they're doing with all the extra foil. That's, that's part of it, yeah. Sending it off for recycling money for rounds for research. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Yeah, they wrap it up like a ding-dong, folks. If you're sending a sample to NC State, you wrap it up like a hostess ding-dong from back in the day. The foil's got to wrap over all the chocolate. Let's see, I don't know. I don't remember that. You don't remember the ding-dongs? No. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to slap you a five when you take off out of here. Hit the ingles <laughs> on the way out of town. And you'll go see the ding-dong. It, it was a circle chocolate-like cupcake that was wrapped completely in foil. Did it have, is that the one with the white curly cues on top? I don't know what it had on top. Okay. The hostess. No, 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 no. That was a cupcake. Yeah. That was a cupcake in plastic wrapper with the little piece of paper on the bottom. Right. No, no, no. That's the cupcake. Okay. Uh, a ding dong. That's what it's called. That's what it says on the box. Ding, D-I-N-G. Yeah, I've never had one. <laughs> I imagine it's like a Twinkie. Google it. 
So, while you're Googling that, Alan, what was the first car you ever drove? Have we covered that? I don't think we have. All right, let's do it right now, folks, in the closing. 1982 Subaru. Uh, Outback? No, it was a little, gray, little gray thing. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. It was Stick Shift. Stick Shift? Yeah. Roll, roll up. Focus. Okay. Google. Yeah, yeah. You can talk and focus. Hey, did it have roll-up windows or electric? Roll-up. So, um, did I ever tell the part okay. about how I had to... Be able to drive 55 miles an hour with the stick shift uh, and use the roll-up window before my dad would let me drive by myself. You've mentioned that, yeah. I don't know if I have on air. But I don't know if you have on did air. you see either. it? You got it? You yeah. know what it is? Yeah, but I never had one. But now you see what I'm talking about with the wrapper? Yeah, Does it make sense? I do. So those who have ever had one will know that's how you wrap Lee's samples. That's right. To NC State. Correct. To the yeah. diagnostic lab at turffiles.ncsu.edu.org. Think I can just hand deliver some from my yard? I don't think you need any. Okay. Do you have a dead spot? No, but I would like to. You know what I'd really like you to do? Soil sample at Clemson Extension? No, I want you to go take a cup cutter and hit one of those black lines on your neighbor's squares that you're talking about where their sides, where their patches were, and see what that was. Oh, okay. The, the, the grid yard up the road? Oh, yeah. You remember what I'm talking about? That had to be a robotic mower, I believe. No, not ours in America. They're not set up to do straight lines. They just straight, they just go wherever they feel and cover grass. The the ones overseas, the new iRobots, you can program GPS wise on lines. Right. See, I thought that's what because the way this guy's yard was messed up. You sure he wasn't just mowing on those lines, like hand mowing, like just walking the same path with a walk mower? I don't think he'd be that consistent. Okay. So did you hear? We no, can I did. get a uh, mower that will leave stripes. A rotary mower that will leave stripes. No. Without a walk mower like a greens mower? Mm-mm. You want to go in on one and we'll share it this summer and stripe our yards? Yeah. I mean, I can't stripe. You can probably stripe. I can't stripe. No, you can't. The machine stripes. It's got a roller in the back instead of tires. So it's a roller-driven machine with a rotary motor like we normally cut our grass with. Huh. And so it just lays the grass down with that back roller. And if you go in each direction... You laying it like that. You've already got insight on one. Man, of them? it's expensive. That's why I want to go uh, halves with okay. you, man. And if we could get some prima, I mean, we're not allowed to use that on the yard. But if we had some, no, uh, what do they call those PGRs? Um, if we stumbled across some of those, <laughs> we wouldn't have to mow but once a month, so it wouldn't be a big deal running the mower up and down the road. Right. Why uh-huh. have we just wasted everybody's time talking about our yards again in March? Uh, well, we we have done. We've gone a good ways without yard talk. It's about time. I know. We're I'm so excited. Go- I don't know. I'm not excited, man. This hot, cold, hot, cold. Oh, I'm just ready to start mowing. I love it. I'm ready for my wife to start mowing. <laughs> she she loves it. And then edges and blows. She does a great job. Wow. That's a complete package woman. Hope everyone's <laughs> got one who edges and blows as well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean, I mean, yeah. The yard. Well, I guess on that note, we'll thank him for listening and thank Simplot for sponsoring the show. <laughs> the opinions you hear, ladies and gentlemen, are those of your hosts, not of those of the association or your sponsor. We uh, look forward to talking to you on the Monday with a mini-sode, and then we also look forward to talking to you again with Jim Kern's episode on the 15th, and then we look forward to seeing you in person at the Carolina show on the 23rd. Not the show, but the conference. And if you hadn't heard of special announcements by the time you're listening to this, get ready for one. But you might have already heard it. I can't wait. Let's do this. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds, brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture. Want to become a member of the Carolinas GCSA? Visit carolinasgcsa.org for more information or call the office at 800-476-4272. Follow the show on Twitter at Pullin' underscore Weeds or on Facebook at Pullin' Weeds Podcast. 